Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. There's a great opportunity for families here in Missouri for educational opportunities and improving the educational opportunities for children in Missouri. Joining us today, Missouri State Treasurer Scott Fitzpatrick. Scott, welcome to the Coffee Hour. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'd like to share about the Mo Scholars Program that is fairly new to Missouri. Tell us, where did the idea for the Mo Scholars Program begin? Well, there's been a discussion over several years in the Missouri legislature about providing additional opportunities for kids in Missouri to basically seek different solutions for their education besides just the public school district where they live. Because we have you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of kids for whom public school is just not a good fit. And we think that they deserve an opportunity to get an education and an environment that best suits them and their, their learning abilities. And so there'd been debate over many years legislatively about how best to do that. And most scholars is, was born out of a legislation that passed in the 2021 legislative session. And it really was the culmination of a lot of negotiation and work between the House and the Senate and folks in the education community and my office as well as, you know, was a participant in the discussions about how to frame this program. And, but it really was born and you say, where did the idea begin? And it was born from that need that we saw for many kids who just aren't able to learn what they need to learn or how they need to learn in the traditional public school system where they live. And we wanted to provide additional opportunities for those families. What kind of collaboration did it take to make this program a reality for these students? Well, after the the legislative, I guess I'll call it victory, to get this thing passed into law and signed by the governor. I mean, there was a lot of collaboration that took on that alone. But once it became law and the office of the treasurer was assigned the responsibility of making the program a reality or standing it up or creating it. There was a lot of work that went into that. And the way that this program is designed, the treasurer's office runs the program. There's partners called educational assistance organizations. Some states call them scholarship granting organizations, which is probably a better term for them. And essentially they are the kind of interface for the general public or for the the students who are trying to get scholarships. And so they were kind of a, a really part of getting this program stood up. We also had to do, you know, write a bunch, we had to create a bunch of rules for the program. So internally we had staff who worked on the rulemaking process to try to implement the rules of the program consistent with what the statute required. And then we also had to bring in some, some outside help and basically had to put out a request for proposals for a couple of vendor contracts. Mainly eligibility determination is a big job. And so we had to go out and seek some help to make sure that we were determining that people who were accessing the scholarship were eligible for it under the law. And then another kind of part of that was a marketplace so that once somebody received a scholarship, there was a secure way for that money to be spent on things that the, that the program is eligible to have its money spent on. And so as opposed to just putting the money into people's bank accounts and then they go do what they want with it. We wanted to make sure that there were pretty good set of controls on the funds so that when somebody 
you know, is spending that money. We can be confident because this is taxpayer money we're talking about. I want to be confident that the money is being spent on education related items that are eligible under the law. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned earlier that this provides an opportunity for students for whom maybe public school isn't an ideal setting for them. So what does the the Most Scholars program accomplish and what are the benefits, particularly for those students and their families? Sure. So for eligible students, and we'll talk, I'm sure, a little more about who is eligible to participate, but for eligible students, they can apply for a scholarship. And the scholarship is capped at basically what's called the state adequacy target in Missouri. And what that is, is basically it's the average expenditure per school district for what they spend on, you know, educating a child. And so for Missouri, it's between six and $7,000 right now is the amount of money that that scholarship is. And so they apply for the scholarship with an EAO. Once they're awarded a scholarship, they can take that scholarship and use it to go to a private school and pay tuition to a private school. They can use it for virtual school. They can even even use it to go to a, to a different public. They just can't be in the same school district in which they live, but they could use that to go to a neighboring school district and pay tuition to a different public school. And they're able to use it for homeschooling expenses. So that's really kind of what the program does. They, they can use it for other things too, like, like tutoring services. They can use it for, you know, if you have speech therapy or, you know, other, other types of therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy that some students with special needs require, you can use it on, you can use it on curriculum. You know, if you're, if you're doing homeschooling, you can use the money to buy different, different types of curriculum, things like that. So it's, it's a pretty versatile program. I would say if you look at other similar programs in different states, you would say that this one is probably one of the more flexible and how the money can be used. And so that's really how it's, how it works, how it's designed. And it's ultimately designed to to help offset the cost of sending a child to a, to a different school besides the public school where they live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds like a great opportunity for these students. So you mentioned eligibility, who is eligible to, to apply for these scholarships? Yeah. So the, the first iteration of the, of the program started out basically for students who have special needs, so kids that are that are being educated pursuant to an IEP or individualized education plan, or low-income students, so basically students who come from a household that are below 100% of the free and reduced lunch level. Then there's a second tier of eligibility for if we if all the kids who apply that are qualified under tier one, which is the IEP students and the 100% or below free and reduced lunch students. Then it opens up a second tier of funding or second tier of applicants for those kids who come from families that are at or below 200% of the free and reduced lunch level. And so those, those are the you know, initial qualifications. Then there are some geographic restrictions as part of the kind of negotiation to get enough votes to get the bill passed. Basically, the legislature included geographic restrictions so that it essentially is available to the kids who live in the more urban parts of our state. So you have to come from what's called a charter county in Missouri, which there's only a handful of those, and they're predominantly around Kansas City and St. Louis. And then you have the ability to go or participate if you are in a city that has at least 30,000 residents. So you have to live in a city that has at least a population of 30,000. So that population-wise covers really large chunks of the state. But it has left rural kids, you know, kids that live in rural parts of the state in a position where they can't yet participate in this program. My hope is that 
we will in the coming years be able to tell a really good story about the positive impact that the program has had on the kids who've been able to use it and that that will create the will in the legislature to expand the program to kids all over the state of Missouri. What are the steps to apply for a scholarship? Yeah, so there's there's only one other restriction I probably should have mentioned in the last question about who can apply. And it's essentially you have to be eligible to begin kindergarten or first grade, or you have to have attended a public school for a semester in the last year. So for kids who are already in private school or who are already being homeschooled or are already in a virtual school, you're, those kids are not currently eligible to apply for the scholarship based on the way the law was written. You have to be transferring or transitioning out of a public school into a new educational setting to apply or be beginning, like I said, kindergarten or first grade. So the steps to apply, the first thing you need to do is identify the school that you're hoping to send your child to. And then you can go to the treasurer's office website, which is treasurer.mo.gov. And we have a link to the Most Scholars program there. And you basically can look at the EAOs that are part of the program. And there's a list of the schools that each of those EAOs work with. And so you need to find a school that your that your EAO is partnering with or that your school, you have to find the EAO that your school is partnering with, I guess. And if there's not one, then you could potentially reach out to one of the EAOs to ask them if they would partner with that school. But if your school is partnered with an EAO, then you go to that EAO and you would essentially go through a pre-screening with the EAO where they would try to make a determination if they believed you would be eligible based on what they can see. And if that is the case, if you they believe you're eligible, then they would provide you a link to an online application where you, where you would go through and you'd basically fill out a more in-depth application that would, you know, review, review the, the student for eligibility in the program. And there's, you know, you have to go through, you know, uploading tax documents and, or if it's a student with special needs, you have to upload a copy of the, the student's IEP to be reviewed to determine eligibility. But essentially, once you go through that application process, you're either determined to be eligible and that information is given back to the EAO. And then the EAO would award a scholarship based on funding availability. And we'll talk a little bit about the funding here in a minute, I'm, I'm sure. But that's the, the way that that would work. And then if the, if the student doesn't qualify, then they would be notified that they don't qualify. So, yes, let's talk about the funding. Who can contribute to these scholarships? How does that work? So the, the, the scholarships are funded through donations that are offset by tax credits, state tax credits. So anybody with Missouri state tax liability can donate to one of the EAOs and that money goes to those scholarships. And the cool thing about it for, for, for a donor, and it can be a, a person or like an individual or it can be a company, but the cool thing for a donor is that you get a hundred percent tax credit for the amount of money that you donate. So the amount of money that you donate is, is completely offset by a reduction in your state tax liability. So it essentially doesn't cost the donor any money to participate, but it does require donors in order to make this program work. Very good. Lastly, how can we find more information on the Most Scholars program? Sure. You just you go to treasure.mo.gov, hit the Most Scholars link on our page, and there's tons of information there for, for families looking to participate. Very good. Very good. The Missouri District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod is one of those EAOs we talked about earlier. So we'll share more about that in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. Our guest today, Scott Fitzpatrick, Missouri State Treasurer. Thanks so much for being our guest on The Coffee Hour. Hey, absolutely. Thank you, guys. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.
At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We've been learning about the Mo Scholars Program for students in the state of Missouri, particularly in some of the metropolitan areas like Kansas City and St. Louis and other cities with 30,000 or more. And uh, I mentioned in the previous segment when talking with uh, Treasurer Scott Fitzpatrick here in the state of Missouri, that the Missouri District of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod serves as an educational assistance um Organization. Organization. Thank you. EAO. I just remember those letters. Joining us today, we have Leah Siva King, Director of Mission Advancement for the Missouri District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Leah, welcome to the Coffee Hour. Hi, thank you so much for having me. And Josh Swartz joining us today. He's Director of Schools for the Missouri District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Josh, welcome to the Coffee Hour. Uh, Thank you, Andy and Sarah. Happy to be here. We are excited to continue this conversation now, having talked with the state of Missouri. Now we're talking mm-hmm. with the Missouri District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And so what does this mean then for Lutheran schools in Missouri, in St. Louis, Kansas City, and other metropolitan areas? What Lutheran schools are eligible for the Most Scholars Scholarship Program? Josh, you want to take a look at that for us? Absolutely. No, great question. All of our um, 51 Lutheran elementary schools here in the Missouri District are eligible uh, to be in part of this program, as well as our nine high schools. So that's uh, the eligibility that is there in terms of uh, people that are uh, eligible for it is if you've got a child that's entering kindergarten up through 12th grade, uh, you can have an opportunity to be able to apply and, and potentially qualify for the scholarship. Is that is that all uh, Lutheran schools in Missouri District or other specific ones? So all of our Lutheran elementary schools. So every uh, Lutheran school that has a kindergarten through a uh, up through 12th grade. And they all have to be accredited, which they all are. So uh, you've got lots of choices out there from the, the furthest west out there in the Kansas City, Missouri side, and all the way down here in, uh, in St. Louis and, and south and uh, north of us as well. Fantastic. So then who is eligible to receive one of these Most Scholars scholarships? Absolutely. So there are a few ways that you can become eligible. So if you're entering kindergarten or first grade and you've been in a Lutheran school uh, your entire um, preschool time, you are eligible to be a part of it. The way you become eligible is you either have to meet the income level, which is at uh, 100% or 200% of the free and reduced uh, federal income guidelines. Or if you have an IEP or a school service plan of some sort, those are two different ways that you can qualify uh, to uh, earn a most scholarship. What in in what ways does the Missouri District of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod participate in the most scholars program? You mentioned earlier that there are Lutheran schools. Are all of our Lutheran schools in the Missouri District are eligible? How does the Missouri District, particularly the office and, and, and your work, uh, how are you involved with the Most Scholars Program? 
Absolutely. So as the EAO, we are the kind of the central organization for all of our Lutheran schools to be able to uh, send families to be able to connect. So you can go to our website and that's where uh, schools can send their families and they can go through and go through the uh, the pre-screening process. And then once they qualify from there, we send them uh, the page where they can start filling out the application process. And once the application is complete, it takes about uh, two weeks to accomplish from there. And it comes back. And if it's uh, qualified, we'll let our Lutheran schools know that, hey, uh, this family qualifies. We'll also let that family know that they're qualified. And when we have the funds in, uh, set, we'll also send another notification out that uh, to the school and to the family that uh, you have these funds available now to be able to go onto Class Wallet, which is where the funds go to for their marketplace. And they can set up their tuition and, and fees and, and pay that way or other uh, services, whether they're getting uh, speech or other types of services that kind of help them with their education. Now, we've mentioned uh, IEP a few times, so I just want to backtrack just slightly to uh, explain what exactly is an IEP for families who who might be interested in how that route might work for them. Sure. So an IEP is an individual service plan. It's for students that have uh, a learning disability. Usually that is set up in a public school. But when they come over to a Lutheran school, we transition that into a school service plan to be able to set up and provide accommodations. And we have different uh, special ed organizations for the Lutheran schools to kind of help them process that, put that together. Perfect. So how does this opportunity uh, increase the uh, opportunities, the chances for children to be able to attend Lutheran schools in different communities? Absolutely. You're talking about uh, reaching out to underprivileged uh, families, uh, families that don't have a lot of income, sometimes a lot of single parents. Uh, they're raising two or three children. So this scholarship is going to give them the opportunity to be able to attend a school that they never thought po would be possible for them, be able to get them out of some failing public schools and into a, an academically rich, Christ-centered school that's going to help them to grow uh, academically, spiritually, uh, and, and mentally, uh, and, and be able to come out uh, on, on the other end, really, really be able to change their stars. And, and most importantly, to be able to learn about who Christ is as their personal Savior and Lord. So the Most Scholars program really does provide a, a great opportunity to open the door to Lutheran schools for many students in, uh, in metropolitan areas here in Missouri. And we, we spoke with Treasurer Fitzpatrick about this earlier, how this program is funded, and that's through contributions. And this is where we get to <laughs> talk with Leah, uh, Director of Mission Advancement, about how this works. So, Leah, can you help us understand how the contribution then becomes a scholarship for a student? How does this process work, particularly when we're talking about like in the Missouri District? Sure, happy to, because I think people hear the term tax credit and go, oh, I don't know what that is, or that only mm -hmm. applies to people in other tax brackets. And it turns out it, it applies to all of us as taxpayers in the state of Missouri. So it's it's really simple. It's an online process. Um, took me two minutes to fill out the form, the, the standard stuff, um, my contact information, and also the amount of credits that I would like to reserve. For this particular program, you probably heard it from our treasurer, uh, it's up to 50% of, of what you would uh, owe in a given year, but those uh, bounce for four years if you would like that to happen. 
So once you fill out that form, you will get a confirmation number. You will print that off and you'll send a check for the amount of the credits that you've reserved onto the Missouri Def District. We will then notify the state that we have your check. The state will produce all the paperwork that you'll need when it comes time to redeem those credits and we'll send that to you. And that is it. That doesn't sound too terrible. No, it, it is. Honestly, it was one text message to my uh, accountant just to verify that I had the right number and two minutes of my time. And that that's all it took. So can you make a contribution for a specific student or is this for specific schools? How does that work? So with the most scholars, we do not have the ability to choose schools. And there are other states that allow this to happen. The state of Illinois is an example that allows uh, taxpayers to select a particular school. And um, in, in my interactions with Illinois and hearing what happened, what happens sometimes is schools that would truly benefit from these scholarships taxpayers aren't selecting them. And so um, we are fortunate, I would say, in the state of Missouri that that's not going to be an issue for us. We're simply going to take care of everyone. I understand in the state of Missouri, obviously, the the LCMS schools, Lutheran schools in the state of Missouri are eligible. There are a number of other schools as well, but it's not a huge list just yet. If I, if I understand correctly, what every year the state of Missouri opens up the window for 10 more EAOs, educational assistance organizations like the Missouri District. So it's not a huge list yet at this point, but I mean, the LCMS schools, the Lutheran schools make up a pretty good portion of that list. Is that right? That is, that is correct. There are four EAOs at the moment, and between the Catholics and the Lutherans, we, we cover uh, quite a chunk of parochial school education out there. So, Leah, now that you have made, you said it took you all of two minutes to make your contribution, <laughs> what are the benefits to to you and other taxpayers who make a contribution like that? Really, it's an opportunity, the rare opportunity, I would say, to direct where your tax dollars go. I mean. When else can you say, I want my tax dollars to go to Lutheran schools? And the state goes, okay, sounds good to us. So that's what's wonderful. Um, what it means for me as a taxpayer is when I file my taxes in April, um, if I owe the state of Missouri, I can use these credits. Uh, if I don't, um, I can get them back in terms of a refund or I can pass them on for another year. So it, I would say the, the the big takeaways being I get to decide where my tax dollars go this year and um, I've already paid them ahead of time. So we'll see how it all lands in April, but it, it's it's just a win all around. So you said it only took you two minutes. What was the, where do we need to go to do that in order to make a contribution to the Most Scholars program? Sure. I'd say the easiest thing is to head to the Missouri District's website. That's mo.lcms.org. Most Scholars is a big button. That link will eventually take you to the state's website. And there you will find all the facts, more than you would want to know. Um, but you can read for yourself who qualifies, how this works, what amounts people can type in. Take a look, talk with your tax preparer, find some numbers that work for you, and then follow that process. And then two minutes later, it'll be over. So what is the timeline for this? Are, th are, are there any other details about uh, when we need to do this and, and what kind of, of numbers for these scholarships we're looking at? Absolutely. Timeline really is now. We have a, a, the ability to provide 150 scholarships. We have 112 of those spoken for. We only have $200,000 
reserved. Uh, we're still looking for another $800,000 to be able to come in, to be able to help these children to be able to attend a Lutheran school. Is there a, a wait list for this? How does that work for uh, for distributing those other scholarships? There is a, a wait list out of the 112. Uh, right now, we only have 17 fully funded. So we have about 95 uh, kids that are on a wait list waiting for a scholarship now. And is there is there a deadline for this to happen by? Uh, we're hoping to get that to get this done here this fall. Uh, but the deadline to get this done is by the end of this calendar year, by December 31st, uh, 2022. Josh, any final thoughts about the Mo Scholars program? Uh, so great opportunity to be able to direct your tax dollars to help a child attend a Lutheran school. Who gets the opportunity to do that? Very good. Our guest today, Josh Swartz, Director of Schools for the Missouri District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Josh, thanks so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And Leah Siva King, Director of Mission Advancement for the Missouri District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Leah, great to talk with you again. Thanks for being our guest. Thanks for allowing us to share this incredible program with your listeners. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.